When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Nets and Suns pulling off a deal. Suns acquiring Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets. If you're the Nets, frankly, I, I don't see how you don't look at this situation as anything other than a failure. It will always be remembered with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden as the team that never was. Finally, the Brooklyn Nets, that great experiment, it is finally over. And this is an organization that is ready to hit the reset button. It may be super weak, but the NBA trade deadline has stolen the day. With all the news, all the trades, and the blockbuster trades. Of course, Kevin Durant no longer a member of the Nets. That happening late last night as he gets shipped off to the Phoenix Suns. This is Canty and Garland, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Courtney Cronin. Join the conversation at 888-729-3776. And that's where we start, is the biggest trade of them all. Yes, 12 trades in the final hour reported on by our own Adrian Wojnarowski. Yes, Kyrie shipped off earlier this week. Even the Lakers making some big moves, finally moving on from Russell Westbrook. But the one that shook the NBA and may have shifted some things in the Western Conference is the Brooklyn Nets sending Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. And that was the last of the big three that they got rid of. That included Kyrie, that included James Harden, who was traded last year, that included, obviously, Kevin Durant. 16 games only played together. One playoff series won. It was such a big deal when they convinced Kyrie and KD to come a few summers ago and team up with this squad. Now, they knew they were going to be without KD, because he had the, the Achilles tendon injury that he suffered during the finals, his last one with the Golden State Warriors. But th- this is, and, and can only be considered, Courtney, an epic failure on the part of the Brooklyn Nets. This was supposed to change things for this franchise, and ultimately, it may even end up being a little embarrassing with the talent that they had and the success they ended up having. These two, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, the most recently traded Brooklyn Nets because James Harden, who was a part of that big three, forced his way out of there into the Philadelphia 76ers last year. But those two that we mentioned and we've been focusing on, they went there to win a championship, to say, hey, I can do this. I'm Kyrie Irving. I can do this away from LeBron James. I can win this thing on my own. Didn't work out for me in Boston. I'm trying again in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant, in the fallout that he had with the Golden State Warriors, the relationships deteriorating, particularly with Draymond Green, and never feeling like he was truly a part of that group, the the three that was Clay, that is Clay, Steph, and Draymond, he said, I'm going to go do it on my own. Let's team up together. There's that famous picture of the two of them in the bowels of some stadium chatting it up and they formulated a plan and they executed that plan what they didn't execute was the plan to actually carry everything out to go win a championship and I don't even think that in less than 50 you know what was it 74 games we said the two of them played in together 16 total for the big three that never was 
it led to one playoff series win. An Eastern Conference semifinals victory for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And that's what we're going to look back on. None of the good moments because, frankly, this time was filled with so much animosity between players in the organization and, of course, Kyrie Irving as a very polarizing figure for a lot of different reasons and Kevin Durant kind of collateral damage within that. But three trade requests in the span of a year and ultimately everybody gone by the end of it. Like if you're in Brooklyn right now and kind of looking around to see how the dust is settled, not only does your team look vastly different as it's about to enter a rebuilding mode, But the championship expectations that were never assumed or never even came close to being realized, that the sting of that and the stain of that, that's going to take a while to wash off. This has been the reaction all across uh, the sports landscape all day long. And earlier today on KJM, ESPN Nets reporter Nick Fraudel had this to say about the Nets and their failures. It's the best team that never was in this era. And it's a team that will forever remember, be remembered for what it didn't do. And when you are built to win and you are put together to win a championship and you don't do it with the level of star power that they had on that team, that will be what everybody remembers. It might have happened if there was health in that first season. Everything was clicking, the offense was rolling, and it just never was meant to be. But there's no question that this, as far as the last 15, 20 years or so, is the biggest basketball miss that we've seen in the league. I mean, I got to imagine you can extend that almost to all time because he brings up a great point. Plenty of teams have tried to put together their own version of a big three, most notably the Nets even before this iteration of a big three and haven't been able to pull it off. But this is Kevin Durant, a former MVP, who's still one of the best five to seven players in the league. Kyrie Irving, who's won a championship, and James Harden, who's won an MVP as well. I mean, this was, as far as talent goes, one of the best talent big threes to ever be put together. And for them to fall flat on their face the way they did, it's, it's just stunning to kind of take a look at everything that did not happen over the course of the last two, three years for the Nets. I am happy that Kevin Durant ended up on a title contender. And I think back to when I was on first take this summer, the week that he requested out of his Brooklyn Nets, you know, uniform and trying to get traded in a trade that never came to fruition. And I remember, you know, during that month of July, when the Phoenix Suns said, okay, DeAndre, and go try to find somebody who will give you that big contract, you know, match your offer sheet. And, you know, the Pacers gave him that deal or they, you know, presented him with the $133 million four-year offer from Indiana and the Suns matched that. So I remember at that time thinking, uh-oh, like this is it, like Kevin Durant staying in Brooklyn because there was no way at that time that Phoenix could pull off that trade because they would have had to wait until January 15th to trade DeAndre Ayton. And, you know, they had no ability to use, you know, Ayton as an asset in any potential deals until until January 15th. So I think about that, and that date came and went pretty quickly. 
and then he ends up with the he ends up with Phoenix anyways. They were a team that made a ton of sense in the Western Conference because remember when all the trade rumors started with Durant, where does he want to go? And there were a lot of teams in the East that started picking up steam, whether it was the Miami Heat, whether it was the Boston Celtics, and thinking about how that could have made sense. Dallas was in the mix too in the Western Conference, but the Suns were always kind of lurking. And for this to come full circle without the team having to trade DeAndre Ayton because they need a center, they need someone to play defense. Um, it's it's interesting. Like it, it feels like they were they were they clearly always stayed in in contact and always in the mix. And even after this team, the Brooklyn Nets said earlier this week that they had no intentions to trade Kyrie Irving. A deal that sent Kyrie Irving trade Kevin Durant. A deal that sent KD. And T.J. Warren to the Suns came back with Michael Bridges, Jay Crowder for a second, and Cam Johnson, and then four first-round picks. So I cannot fault the Nets at all for ripping off the Band-Aid when they needed to. I think they did right by Kevin Durant in the end. But there is so much collateral damage here in the fallout from this thing not working that it will go down as one of the biggest failures in team sports, period. What's interesting to me as well about Kevin Durant is in the NBA, most legendary players, even if they played for multiple teams, typically there's one team you're probably going to associate with them with. And part of the conversation around LeBron this week, breaking the all-time scoring record, was I mean, maybe you associate him with Cleveland, but he only won one title there, won one title with the Lakers, won two down in Miami. He, he's kind of been this almost NBA legendary vagabond going from team to team to team. And now Kevin Durant is on his fourth team. And the championships that he won with Golden State, those were Steph Curry's teams. And not to mean that they don't mean anything or that, that he doesn't have any rings. I'm, I'm not having that conversation. But it's, it, it's interesting to me that two of the best of this generation, Kevin Durant and LeBron James, could have very similar legacies in that it's going to be tough to associate them with just one team. Yep. And, I mean, LeBron's the one who started that super team era in the NBA and trying to go play with his buds down in Miami, and it yielded two championships. Others have tried to follow suit, and frankly, I can't think of any other superstars teaming up in the way that that first super team was formed in 2010 where it's yielded a title of something that wasn't already there. Because remember, by the time Durant had you know joined the Warriors, they'd already won a couple titles. They'd lost one to Cleveland the year that he ends up signing as a free agent. But that was a ready-made team. So for everybody else who set out to try to do what LeBron has done, most times it's, it's they've come up empty-handed. And now we see a couple other, at least we see superstar pairings because you've got now a new big three in Phoenix with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. That's a great big three on paper. Can they win a title? We'll see. We know they can score a lot of points. Down in Dallas, you've got Luka and Kyrie. Can they play defense? I don't know, but we know that those two can score a lot of points. And there's only one basketball, so let's see how that thing gets figured out. And I know that Luka was talking about being really, really impressed with Kyrie in his debut last night. That's great. It's game one of many. Now, as the Warriors try to figure out, you know, can they possibly get back to the NBA Finals this year? Because Stephen Curry is going to be out through the All-Star break. We know that they just offloaded James Wiseman today, and and that was coming in due time because it just wasn't going to work. But there's so much more competition in the West, it feels like, than there is in the East. The East is top-heavy. It's Boston, it's Milwaukee, it's it's Philly, and then a massive drop-off. You've got about 10 teams right now in the West who have 
true a true chance to actually make some real noise here in the postseason. That list shrinks to about hmm, five or six that I would say are legitimate title contenders. And the way that the landscape of the Western Conference has changed over the course of the tw- last 24 hours is I don't think we've ever seen anything like it in a one-day period. No, it's... Again, in the West, just drastically changing with all the moves that happened. And it was already the deeper of the two conferences. The West playoffs certainly going to be wildly entertaining when they start later this spring. Cantia Cullen presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Motivating factor is to be the best. A one-handed catch! You're in the biggest game of your life, and you want to go out there and make memories with your teammates. I remember saying this about Patrick early on. You could have the perfect play call, and you could execute it perfectly, and it won't matter. Mahomes, Kelsey, touchdown! We throw around the term generational all the time, but Pat Mahomes is the definition of generational. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. She's Courtney Corden. I'm Gabe Neitzel. In for the guys today. And while all this thing, all these things happening in the NBA with the trade deadline, getting everybody excited, tonight is NFL Honors, where they're going to hand out the league MVP, defensive, offensive player of the year, offensive rookie, offensive, uh, defensive rookie of the year, comeback player of the year, coach of the year, and assistant coach of the year. Is there one award that you have your eye on, Courtney, as being the most interesting of of the night? Well, we know the MVP is going to Patrick Mahomes. I don't think at any point there is anything left for debate here. It was an award in January, where, or excuse me, in December, where Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, who we're going to face off this weekend, they're going to go at it head-to-head this weekend. But I just look at the totality of the 2022 season and I don't see anybody but Patrick Mahomes winning that award. Now, it's nice that at least this year we do have a wide receiver in the top five in Justin Jefferson, and I don't know if this will ever be a non-quarterback award, but I do like the pool that we have. MVP is one thing, and coach of the year with Brian Dable being my coach of the year, uh, if I were to have a vote on that, that's who I would choose because of what he did with talent that, you know, this team, no, this is a four-win team for the New York Giants a year ago. I say all of that to say a lot of the awards are going to be expected. We know that Garrett Wilson um, is probably Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's either Sauce Gardner or Aiden Hutchinson. Comeback Player of the Year and the award that doesn't really have a lot of criteria, like strict criteria rooted in it is always the one that I'm excited to see because Geno Smith, one of the top candidates for it, it, so we think, this year in what he did to rejuvenate his career to where he very well may get that second contract from the Seattle Seahawks, feels like he's a shoo-in for it. But what about Saquon Barkley? Speaking of the New York Giants and the job that Brian Dable did in you know helping Saquon Barkley recapture form coming off injury, What about him? What about Christian McCaffrey? Same thing, coming off an injured season. What about Brian Robinson, the the player for the Washington Commanders, running back who got shot in training camp and ended up coming back to play this season? There's no real, like, hard and set rules about what you need to do to qualify for that award, which is why I always find that one the most interesting and intriguing based on how it's decided and ultimately how it's doled out. 
Yeah, I kind of look at that as, yeah, sometimes you can just win it by being a great story. And that's what Geno Smith was. I mean, nobody was expecting him to be the starting quarterback. Nobody was expecting Seattle to be better this year than they were last year. And now they're in a really good position as a franchise, a team that was in the, you know, in the playoffs. They have a good base. And oh, by the way, they've got a top pick because of what they were able to trade Russell Wilson away for and then the failures of the Denver Broncos. I, I, lo- I would love to hear from Geno Smith tonight. I'm hoping he wins that award just because it was such a good story for him to you know, once be this you know, still thought to be the guy in New York with the Jets and kind of bounce around, be a backup quarterback. But then when his you know, number was finally called and he got the opportunity to compete for a starting job, winning it in Seattle, and then playing as well as he did throughout the course of the year, to the surprise of most everybody, except for probably him, that to me is comeback of the year worthy. We've seen guys that have, not, and not to diminish coming back from the injuries that Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey did, but we've kind of seen that a little bit. And seeing these stories of guys that kind of bounce around in the league and then finally get that maybe second chance, because not every quarterback is going to be able to step up and do what Joe Burrow has done in his first handful of years. But to get that second opportunity, which sometimes is rare to come by for guys in the league, I I, I applaud Geno Smith, and I hope he wins the award tonight. He, he was left for dead, effectively, career-wise in the NFL, five starts over the past six years before this season. He wasn't going to be a starter anymore. He was relegated to journeyman backup status. And the fact that 32 years old, he emerged as one of you know the, the top quarterbacks this season in terms of completion percentage. Um, he completed nearly 70% of his passes. That led the, and led the NFC in touchdown passes. The play, Seahawks got back into the playoffs this year in a year that we were expecting to be kind of a gap year before they figured it out at quarterback because they traded Russell Wilson away. They got Drew Locke back in the process. And during training camp, Drew Locke, got COVID. His best availability was not there anymore. So Geno Smith's able to take over and never give that job back. That's such a remarkable story. And it's stories like this that we love to see in sports and to watch it happen at an age where typically you either are or you aren't in the NFL. And watching Geno Smith say, I'm here, and of course, that incredible line from that early season game where they beat the, the Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos when he said that they, you know, they wrote me off, that, but I, he didn't write back. What a cool full circle moment for him. And I, I frankly don't see anybody else getting this award tonight, but he deserves it. He is absolutely worthy of it. No, there wasn't a you know, minor setback for a major comeback sort of thing that often gets, you know, to the forefront with guys who have dealt with injury. But, man, think about the last 10 years for this guy since he entered the league and to where he is now, he's still in the NFL and he's a starting quarterback. That's rare, and that doesn't happen that often. Comeback Player of the Year, among other awards, MVP, Defensive Offensive Player of the Year, all being handed out tonight a part of the NFL Honors. Coming up next on Canty and Carlin, We'll get into the Super Bowl and a team facing a huge quarterback decision. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. These are once-in-a-lifetime opportunities we got right in front of us in our hands. So what are you going to do? Dives for the far front pylon. Touchdown! He's going to score! Jalen Hurts! If we control the things we can, we damn good. Chance attack on the right sideline, 10! Four-man Pack your bags. We're going to the Super Bowl. We are and we cannot wait. Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series 6M, Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, Gabe Neitzel, along with Courtney Cronin, filling in for the guys today. Just talking a little bit about the NFL honors, and a teammate of our next guest is up for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Very well, without the injury, he could have been a finalist for this award as well. He is Brees Hall, Jets running back, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Brees, thank you for the time. And now that your rookie season is completed, what, what was do you think was the, the most difficult thing that you had to deal with jumping from the Big 12 to the NFL? Um, i just say the speed of the game, but I feel like the Big 12 is the fastest you know, league in the in college football. So, um, of that, and then you know, the Jets. We had one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the league this year. And uh, it sucked going against those guys because they were really good against the run every day. So, uh, that probably those two things were the biggest. Brees, you guys have a new offensive line coach and run game coordinator in Keith Mm -hmm. Carter. And I know that for a running back, hearing somebody that came from the system in Tennessee, where obviously Derrick Henry picked up a lot of yards every single game, what does that do for you? And how excited are you to be in a system that's really going to feature what you do best? Yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, I really appreciated Coach Carter. He came into the uh, training room while I was doing some rehab the other day and introduced himself and we talked for a while um obviously he's a he's a real good dude so i'm excited to get around him and kind of pick his brain about the run game and see what type of stuff he likes to do 
Talking with Brees Hall, Jets running back here on Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Courtney Cronin filling in for the guys. ESPN Radio presented, as always, by Progressive Insurance. And Iowa State kind of represented the league. I mean, you really in the first half, and then the second half, we saw Brock Purdy do some pretty good things uh, for the San Francisco 49ers. What did you think of him being able to come in and play the way that he did for San Francisco? Yeah, I was really excited for him and really wasn't surprised at all just knowing how hard he works, how his mentality is towards the game and everything like that. So, um, unfortunately, he had to get he had an injury and uh, that sucks. But, you know, I kind of know what he's going through right now. Though. So, you know, I'm always rooting for Brock and uh, he's my guy. So, once I start, started seeing him ball out, you know, it wasn't really a surprise. I kind of expected it out of him. And he told me that, you know, he didn't feel any pressure. He was just out there making plays. and um, So, like, you know, it was just him, him balling at the end of the day, and I was proud of him. You played most of your game seven this season before the injury, but your quarterback was Zach Wilson before the switch was made to Mike White. And mm-hmm. we know that there are a lot of rumors surrounding what the quarterback situation is going to be in 2023 with the New York Jets, whether it's an Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr, whether they stick with the guys that are on the roster. Have you had a chance to to talk with you know Mike White, Zach Wilson, about the potential changes that could be coming to the quarterback room this offseason? Um, I ain't going to say too much about the quarterback situation. You know, I, I just know a little something about something, but it ain't uh, – we're not really focused on that right now. No, we trust that our team is going bring, to bring in, bring in the best uh, 53 guys possible. So I'm, I'm confident in, what the, in them and know what their decisions are going to be. New York Jets running back Brees Hall joining us on Canton Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. She's Courtney Cronin. I'm Gabe Neitzel as we fill in for Canty and Carlin. Are you excited for tonight? I mean, the, the, the future certainly looks bright for the Jets with yourself and then Garrett Wilson, who's up for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Sauce Gardner up for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Are you going to be watching that tonight in hopes that your guys can bring home a couple of the awards? Yeah, I'm going to be watching it Um and I hope that, you know, they'd bring both awards back uh, to one Jays drive. But uh, I always make fun of Garrett uh, and all the other rookies up for offensive rookie of the year. I always tell them if I, was, if I didn't get hurt, I would have been walking away with it. But, uh, you know, I'm excited for those guys. I hope Garrett wins because he, he balled out this season. But all those guys are deserving. And, um, you know, soft ball, balled out as well. So, I mean, if they win it, I won't be surprised. And I'm definitely rooting for those guys for sure. They, they deserve it. They worked hard for it. Well, fortunately, there's always Offensive Player of the Year, that award that you can try to contend for once you get healthy, once you're back, and have a long career ahead of you. And I'm wondering, from the mm-hmm. ACL tear, because when I covered the Minnesota Vikings in 2017, Dalvin Cook tore his ACL, I believe it was four games into the season. And that's tough for a rookie, being one of the top draft picks and having your season cut so short. Have you talked with any guys around the league or anybody who's gone through this about how you have to approach the rehab, the recovery, and the mindset going into your second season to know that the injury is behind you and that you can be full go when you're on the field? Yeah, I've talked to a few guys like Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, um, just some various, you know, other running backs around the league. And um, they just tell me that, you know, they know I'll be fine. They know I have to work ethic for it. But just with talking to Saquon, he just talked about me um, saying that you have to try to get your quads as strong as possible. And that's going to help with the recovery of your knee and just different little things like that. And, you know, Saquon and Christian McCaffrey have been a big help. Um, and those guys are always there when I, whenever I reach out. So uh, it's been good along this process. You know, I have, have some other guys support. Brees Hall, Judge Running Back, joining us on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Uh, 
Brees, you're joining us today through Panini America. Can you tell us about your work mm-hmm. with Panini? Yeah, Panini's just hosting a, a event for myself and a few other guys um, and some draft po- prospects at the Panini Prism, like this little VIP event in Phoenix. And um, it's been good to get out here and get around them, around that atmosphere, you know, get away from uh, doing rehab every day. So it's been cool to come out here, you know, find some trading cards and um, hang out with some guys. Brees, we certainly appreciate the time and uh, best of luck with the Panini event. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Brees Hall Jets running back joining us here on Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio. Um, I mean, he didn't want to get into it, Courtney, but <laughs> I, I think say, we both we were going heard here. the same thing, that he may know a little something about something that he's just going to play close to the chest about the quarterback situation for the New York Jets. You know, it's the best-kept secret in the NFL that it's probably not going to be Mike White or a Zach Wilson reboot in year three, and they really don't have time to waste. And when you think about the contributions – from their rookie class this year. The fact that they have a rookie up for Offensive Rookie of the Year in Garrett Wilson and a rookie up for Defensive Rookie of the Year in Sauce Gardner, that shows you that they can really draft well, and they nailed it this year. And these are guys that are so young in their career that you got to capitalize on this. Like On top of having a great draft class, and on it, frankly, one of the better free agent halls over the last two seasons, fixing the offensive line, addressing positions that needed it, they have a defense that is playoff contender ready, and that window is never gonna. It's not gonna last forever. So you gotta take it seriously if you're Joe Douglas. Get this quarterback position right. And sounds like Brees Hall might know more than he's willing to let on right now, and that's okay. But I think we'd be foolish to think it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's not Derek Carr, or another veteran that might find their way into the mix and find their way. I don't know, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo to the New York Jets. Yeah, the, the lucky thing for them is it appears there are going to be a number of free agents at that position, and who knows what's going to happen. I mean, do, do we potentially see Geno Smith reunion out in New York with the way he played this year? Who knows what the Seahawks want to invest in him? It, it seems like this offseason a number of quarterbacks could be on the market, a number of quarterbacks could be on the move, and the Jets seem to be at the top of the list of uh, a team that would be able to take advantage of having some good quarterback play with the rest of the roster that they have put together. Coming up next on Canty and Carlin, Kyrie Irving. Well, he had a pretty good game last night playing for the Dallas Mavericks. Also had some things to say about how things ended for the big three in Brooklyn with the Nets. We dive into those comments coming up next on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Jackie and Carlin, the podcast. The divorce papers have been filed. Woj reporting the Brooklyn Nets are trading Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. They still hope they can win, but the reality is you can't replace Kyrie Irving. For all the drama he causes, he is an incredible player. I think that the Mavs have put themselves in a position to be potentially the front runner in the Western Conference. When you get into business with Kyrie, you also have to accept that at some point, things are going to break down. That's really what kicked off this NBA trade deadline season. Kyrie Irving getting traded earlier this week. Of course, bigger moves to follow. The biggest being then the next domino to fall, Kevin Durant going to the Suns. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Neitzel, along with Courtney Cronin, filling in for the guys today. And the, the big news of Kevin Durant happening while most were sleeping overnight and so much reaction today. But we haven't had the opportunity to hear from Kevin Durant has to make his way to Phoenix and then he will be made available eventually. Well, it's the same thing with with uh, Kyrie didn't hear from Kyrie until he finally played his first game as a member of the Dallas Mavericks, which happened last night in a 110-104 victory over the Clippers. Kyrie had a team high 24 points on nine of 17 shooting also at four threes in that contest. So, of course, when he got to the podium after the game, it wasn't just going to be about, oh, playing for your new team. It was also going to be about why things didn't work out in Brooklyn for the big three. And here's what Kyrie had to say about that. There were some unfortunate circumstances that came up there that were out of my control, whether it be the mandate with the vaccine or missing games being suspended or, you know, just little things that I think put just wrenches in our on our journey you know and then we had James and we were supposed to be the super team like I, I think uh, I would like to say something too about the super team of me James and KD that everyone thinks should have worked uh, we played very limited time together and there were a lot of injuries and things that took place and I would have liked to see that work for the long term but I'm happy that I could look back on that journey and reflect and say I learned a lot of things from those guys and my teammates in Brooklyn and just my journey throughout this there's a lot there Courtney <laughs> there is a lot there that he is not even thinking about taking responsibility for as to the failures of what happened in Brooklyn with the fact that they only won a single playoff series with him and Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Remember during media day last year when it was like in September, when he talked about turning down a four year, hundred million plus extension to remain unvaccinated. And he said that, you know, the, how it was presented to him was if you get this contract, you get vaccinated or you can be unvaccinated and there's a level of uncertainty about your future, whether you're going to be in the league, whether you're going to be on this team. And he said he had to deal with the real life circumstances of losing his job for that decision. In that same press conference, Sean Mark said that there was no ultimatum being given. They just wanted people who are reliable, people who are here and people who are accountable. So when Kyrie's going on this rich spiel about, you know, why things didn't work out and circumstances that were beyond his control for missing games. The body autonomy argument and not getting the vaccine is one thing. But what about what he did when the January 6th insurrection happened and he decided that he needed two weeks away from basketball in the middle of the season? What about what happened last November after this media day I just referenced where he posts a link to a video containing anti-Semitic rhetoric in it, and the Nets deem him so unfit to be a part of the team that they have to suspend him and say, until further notice, you're not 
in the fabric of our locker room. You're not part of this. Take some accountability, my guy. Like, what are you doing? Of course, injuries and all those things. And he has been injured throughout his career. Let's not forget that that's a major part of the Kyrie Irving experience. And Kevin Durant with his Achilles. And remember that hamstring injury that just magically went away for James Harden when he got traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Those things that you, those are circumstances you cannot foresee. The ones that he was talking about that threw a quote-unquote wrench into their plans to contend and do some really good things for their own legacies in the Eastern Conference, he was the hindrance for a lot of that. So I just, it just feels like more of the same. Somebody who does not want to take accountability for the actions that they cause this team and I'm sorry, when you sign up to play basketball, when you sign up to be paid millions and millions of dollars, this is the COVID-19 vaccine aside. I'm talking about those other times that he just disappeared for two weeks and then was suspended because of harmful rhetoric he was spreading. And honestly, this is someone who went to Duke. This is someone who was educated. Let's not act like he didn't know what he was doing. So I just can't help but listen to that and think it's a bunch of baloney. He knew what he was doing, and now he's trying to have some sort of revisionist history of, well, these circumstances were out of our control. We really couldn't do what we set out to do. No, you were the hindrance. You're the one who got in the way of what you guys set out to do more times than not. To hear him say that, you know, things that were beyond my control, like getting suspended— Now, last time I checked, whether we're talking about if you get, I don't know, if you're a kid in high school, you get suspended from school. If you're in the NBA or NFL, if you get suspended, chances are you did something. I don't think that Adam Silver up there is going, you know what, let's just suspend Kyrie for the heck of it. I don't think that there are, you know, general managers across the NFL going, hey, let's suspend guys just for the heck of it. That's just not the way that works. You typically had to do something in order to get suspended. I I, I just, it, he's so calm while giving it, it almost puts you to sleep but you start listening to the words he's saying and you're going what what is going on here I can't believe that you're taking not even although it shouldn't be shocking Kyrie has made it perfectly clear who he is it shouldn't be shocking that he's not even willing to accept even a little bit of responsibility for what happened in Brooklyn Well, you know what that is? That's gaslighting. Like what he just did or whenever that press conference was, I believe it was after his first game. That's the textbook definition of gaslighting. What happened? What was fact? The person on the gaslighting end tries to tell you, no, you're seeing it the wrong way. That's not what happened. No, that's exactly what happened, Kyrie Irving. Like you were unavailable by and large due to circumstances, actually all of the circumstances of which you controlled. And this experiment, this great, experiment that failed miserably what are we going to think of who are we going to think of first when we think about why did the big three fail Kyrie Irving's name 99 out of 98 times is going to be the first one that comes up (laughs) yep 100 percent it's If you're familiar with the show, I think you should leave on Netflix. There is a popular sketch in which somebody wearing a hot dog costume drives a hot dog car through a store window and then tries to, as you said, gaslight everybody in there saying, we're trying to find the guy who did this. And that's what Kyrie Irving basically did during his press conference last night. Tonight, right here on ESPN Radio, tune in to Bucks Lakers. Uh, It begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Coming up next on ESPN Radio, it's going to be Joe and Amber. This is Ben, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.